Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 73. If you want to check out my past shows and notes, you can go to callthatgirl.biz slash office365. This page will have any show notes and links to past shows and any sponsor links. So if you're new to the show, what this show is about is my work from usually the past week or so with Outlook, Office 365, the jobs I've done. Sometimes I have a topic or a theme. Sometimes it's just me and sometimes I have a guest. And this week it's just me. And before we get going, I'd like to take a minute to thank our friends over at AppRiver, email and website security specialists. I happen to use AppRiver the most for my Office 365 sales. Uh, they, I am on the partner plan with them, and they also have a reseller plan if you do managed services. Um, you can contact my rep, Steve Harris, and it's sharris at appriver.com if you'd like to get in touch with them to find out more about their sales and support. Okay, so this show today, I cannot tell you how happy I am that 2016 is over. 2016 was kind of a really weird year for me. I ended up spending a lot of time from May to the end of December working on many different video training series. And I think overall, including my podcast and these videos, I did um, over 130. <laughs> so I, I worked on lots of projects with other people. I did some myself, the podcast and YouTubes. Also, I put out a bunch of those, but I'm I'm kind of done with the creating and I'm going to start working on the marketing and the fun parts. But outside of that, I learned that I needed to change up a lot of things about my business moving ahead. So last week, which was the end of new year or the end of old year, I spent a lot of time cleaning up everything like old documents, Dropbox, this, that, and the everything cleaned up all my workload, my tickets. I really just wanted to start 2017 on a fresh note, you know, old gone. And I, I uh, had all that done by Friday, which was the day before New Year's Eve. And then Saturday on New Year's Eve, I saved a whole list of stuff for me to focus on, which would be the marketing, business, new partnerships, just kind of everything I was excited to do, which also includes a very large new social media campaign that I revamped. And, um, and it just felt so refreshing. I took all these ideas that used to work and what's going to work. And so hopefully this year with my shows and stuff, you guys will see a little difference because I'm going to be working on more of the error side of things I work on with Outlook and how I fix it and put it on a social media and such. But I'm going to cover that in today's show. And um, next week we're going to, uh, the topic will be top outlook syncing tools. So if you want to take note for that and look forward to that show, that'll be pretty good. But anyway, I want to talk about uh, a few jobs that you guys might be seeing that I'm noticing more and more of. So one of my clients, um, she said she worked with GoDaddy and she worked with, I think another technician. I'm not hundred percent sure. Oh, it was actually another website company. And through hours and hours of drama, they, she could not get her outlook set up. And I'm like, how can you not get it set up? I mean, I'm like, GoDaddy has to know the simple basics of getting this stuff set up. Right. Well, so I told her in, pre in preparation for the, the job, I said, have all your passwords ready. 
have all the links to your website, DNS ready, your GoDaddy accounts, everything. And I remoted in and I started looking at all the MX records and the DNS settings, the C name, everything looked perfect. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I was like, okay, simple, stupid me. You always start with the simple stuff. So I tried her password. Now with GoDaddy's control panel, they hijack it, of course. So what you do is you try to log into the Microsoft portal, but you never can because it redirects you to GoDaddy's. And I couldn't get logged in with her password. And I was like, please don't tell me this is that simple. It's a password issue. So I reset the password and it worked. And I just cannot believe that GoDaddy people could not figure that out. I mean, honestly, <laughs> she was on the phone with them for hours, she said, and they couldn't figure out a password issue. That just seems so like simple to me. And even though, you know, it took me a few minutes, I at least did all the login checks to make sure everything was fine. So anyway, I get the Outlook set up. I get everything else she wanted done. I helped her with her phone. And that was unfortunately about an hour job for her. But, but you know, at least it got fixed. And that's what the clients really want after they've been struggling with GoDaddy and sometimes Microsoft for ever. They just want it to work, you know. So just a tip here on that job is always check the passwords no matter what you've done. Because if it's wrong, it ain't going to work no matter what. <laughs> okay, my next job was a lady, and remember I get calls off the internet from people who have been, I think, somewhat frustrated because, you know, they look for the word expert, and that's how I come up in their searches. But, um, now this one's really strange. So she went through the GoDaddy migration, and she had three tech companies help her with something in regards to it. So remember, there was three people before me. One might have been GoDaddy, one might not have been. But she at this point was frustrated her outlook would not open. And I'm like, oh, well, there you go. I can fix that, right? I mean, that's what I do well, I think. So I remote in, and her Outlook, uh, when it started to open, it was uh, stuck on the processing. So when Outlook is stuck on processing or the launching or won't load, then first thing I always try is I go look in the back end to make sure that the account is set up correctly in the control panel. And I go look at the OST size, just in case it isn't like a 75 gig one or something just to kind of get a handle on what's going on. And then I opened up Outlook in safe mode. And of course it opens. So I'm like, okay, well that's good. And when it opens in safe mode, that's usually an indication of a bad add-in. So I go to the add-ins and there is my favorite culprit of all time, which would be Team Viewer. Okay. That Team Viewer plugin just automatically uncheck that if you use uh, team viewer. If you're a technician and you use it with a client, you don't need it in Outlook as a plugin. Okay. So make sure you uncheck that. It's in the file options um, in there. Uh, let me make sure. I just want to tell you guys the correct spot for it. It is in file options, add-ins. Then you go down to manage, com add-ins, hit the go button and uncheck team viewer. Okay. I highly recommend that because this poor client. And I feel bad for her. One of her technicians must have installed that. And then during all this complication, her outlook wouldn't open. So once I removed that team viewer plugin, oh, her outlook opened right away. And it was like eight minutes into the call and I felt really bad. And I didn't know, you know, I can't say it's the other tech, but I did say, well, 
it is one of the tools that tech would use, which I don't think GoDaddy uses TeamViewer. So unfortunately, someone else had to get the blame for that. But, you know, I told her that's it. I showed her how to actually um, do that herself next time because that might be a fix she might need. I don't know. But then luckily, not luckily, once we were in there, she was like, oh, by the way, my Gmail folders won't launch up either. I'm like, oh, well, let me look at it. So over in the left-hand sidebar of Outlook, I looked at our two Gmails, and it did not show the typical IMAP Gmail structure, which is like a top inbox and then a sub-Gmail folder with all the stuff underneath it, like sent, importance, and all that junk. And I was like, yep, these are corrupted. I don't even want to try to troubleshoot it. If the typical structure is not there, then it did not connect correctly in the email account settings. So I went and did a test one opened up her, her personal one and immediately all the folders started showing up. So, you know, within the hour I fixed the two issues for her and uh, she was pretty happy. And I said, now look, and this is part of my new upsell, you know, for me to uh, encourage help desk tickets. I said, well, just for, you know, an extra, you know, X amount of dollars, you can upgrade this to a help desk ticket. And she was like, done because I did the upsell after I'd fixed the two issues, you know, and um, I was really happy with that because that was part of my goals for 2017 is to get more cash flow in with these, you know, little tiny one hour jobs. But man, I felt bad for her because she went through hours and hours and I'm like, God, I just, you know, because I know it, that's, that's why I do that. But uh, that's your guys' tip for the show here today is passwords and that team viewer plugin. Okay, now my last show I talked about this client who was working on the Mac issue with, uh, man, I can't remember how I even told that story. He had a Mac, and we were trying to get this the PST from a PC, and it got corrupted, and I ended up kidnapping it over to my Exchange server from the PC side. But the, if you recall, I couldn't get the, um, the Exchange to export to a, a PST file on my end because the data was very corrupted. But somehow... When I went into his Mac and I attached my exchange account, it allowed me to copy the folders exactly. So just to recap here, in the Macintosh, if you want to copy a folder from exchange to the local computer, you need to right-click on it and then say copy folder. And then in the little search at the top of the box, type in like inbox and it'll pull down all the inboxes and sent and deleted and that was a trick I learned a couple jobs ago, which I don't work on Macs all that much. But um, so anyway, it turns out, though, that the second call-in the guy had, it was weird. His his uh, profile got glitched, and he ran out of hard drive space. So one thing that is a tip for – I learned this myself, too, is when those Macs have a solid-state hard drive, they are very small. And he doesn't have a second drive attached. Like, my Mac has a 500-gig you know, on, on the side there. So mine, I could have moved it over and such, but his did not. So what I ended up having to do, since we already had all the data, he had the email on a server from his company and I had the, the stuff on my exchange server, we ended up having to delete all of the Outlook 2016 profiles, which on a Mac, you can get to those by right-clicking on the Outlook application. Oh, uh, let me go see. Now I got the Mac here. I want to make sure I give you guys the best advice I can. Um, on the Mac, yeah, let me see here. Maybe I'll have to come back to this. Let's see. 
Well, I'll come back to it. The Mac is messed up right now. Of course, that's when I'm trying to do something. Okay, well, anyway, and it's Outlook 2011 doesn't have the same uh, profile setup as 2016 does. And, um, well, there it was. Well, I'm trying to help here. Come on. Okay, I got it. So in Outlook 2016 on the Mac, you go to Applications, you go to your Outlook, and, oh, no, it ain't playing nice for me. Well, screw it. I'll come back to it again. Sorry. <laughs> That's troubleshooting for you. But anyway, you can delete all the profiles, and then you have to actually go to the trash and then delete all of that because the profiles actually, if they're in the trash, still take up your hard drive space. So if you ever get nervous, make sure you take a copy and put them onto an external hard drive because I am a firm believer in backing up because if you have to recover, it can be a lot of work and sometimes you can't recover everything. So when in doubt, back up, okay? But anyway, after I got those out of there, his, um, his uh, computer got 50 free gigs again and we had plenty of room because the email on the server was only 8 gigs and his email from his company was only like one gig. I don't know, something like that. All right. And then I got this job last week, which I've been seeing around the block a little bit here. Um, I actually have it up on my YouTube channel. So I just made a video too for it. It's called your mailbox has been temporarily moved on Microsoft exchange server. Now I've only seen this error when a person has two outlook profiles one generally with an exchange account still attached, but it might be dead. And the other one with the current exchange account. And this can happen with a migration. Now I've had clients call me to have that fixed. And I've had some of my own people with my own migrations get it. So generally as a rule, and this we're going back to the old rules, <laughs> what I would say old is um, generally what you need to do if you get that error is to just to create a brand new profile. But I will tell you that the, the error might come back if you don't delete the other one, okay? Microsoft Outlook in the, the mail app in the control panel likes to have one for exchange with the profile if you get this error. So when this client called me, I'd already tried to fix this before for her, and she'd actually had, she was a GoDaddy client as well, and she tried uh, having them help, but all they did was create new profiles too. So the fix for this is, and so far it's worked and it appears to be permanent, is um, what you need to do when you get that error is to go to the old, the old profile and now unfortunately you have to delete it, okay? Well, there's two parts though. One is you go to the app's data folder in Outlook, sorry, in the computer, which uh, if you don't know where that is, it's in the C drive, the user account, um, the user profile, app data, local, then you go to Microsoft, hang on, I'm doing it right now, and then down to Outlook. Now in there is the OST files, and you're going to see maybe one that has a .nst file, and that is, um, I'm still not 100% sure what that file does, but Diane Peremsky and I talked about it when she was on my show, but anyway, if you see that with another profile, you need to delete that because that I found was the snag up, then go create a new profile. And I kind of feel that after the profile is going and stuff, then you can go back into the control panel and delete the other profile. But remember, as I always say is before you delete any profiles, make sure all the data is gone or backed up that you don't need. Um, not gone. I meant backed up 
And just to make sure, because once you delete that profile, the OST file possibly will go away with it. There's, um, I've been doing a lot of testing and I've been seeing the OST file just vanish. So you can't get that back. But if you're doing exchange, you know, exchange to exchange, it should be all in the cloud anyway. Well, so anyway, so that error used to be just, uh, just to recap, used to be creating a new profile, but now you absolutely have to go delete that NST file and that other profile. I think that's the way to fix that. I do have a YouTube video out. So if you go look up your Microsoft, no, wait, your mailbox has been temporarily moved on Microsoft Exchange server. It's right out there. All right. And then to close up the jobs last week, I have a very typical caller, which I'm sure a lot of techs don't realize the kind of uh, messes Outlook can cause because they maybe don't get these kind of calls. But I had a typical, you know, call of user has four or five email accounts, typical of, uh, not typical, they've got Gmail, Comcast, a work account, iCloud, you know, they've got all these programs in their Outlook now, and it's a big mess. And what generally happens is one computer has everything right, then they add another computer to it, and that's when things start getting all messed up. So I closed the year, this was my last book, my last book job was this guy said, I've got four or five email accounts, nothing syncing. My contact and calendars are all messed up. And I, and I was very fair. I said, this is a one to three hour job. And he was like, fine, let's just get it done. And, uh, you know, I think people just get so frustrated, frustrated with all these technologies that are supposed to work together, but yet you can have six things that don't play nice together. And that's what I call the surgery level work I do <laughs> because it can be confusing. And I will always remind you folks that if you do a lot of reworking to back up those contacts and calendars, not once, but twice, because if you, if you uh, mess that up, you're in some heated water with uh, the clients, but that's what I do. So anyway, those were kind of the, the big jobs I had last week. I mean, nothing was serious, but all learning lessons nonetheless of what I constantly come across and now this show might not be the longest one today, but I want to talk about some changes that I'm doing for the, the company. Um, I see, <laughs> this is hard to say without laughing, but there's a lot of great billable work coming ahead. And when I say great billable work means, you know, for us as technicians, yes, we don't like it when our clients have problems like updates from windows and stuff. But again, it's all billable work for us. You know, if a client calls me, on Thursday or on Wednesday morning, let's say, and they're like, yeah, everything's all messed up. Well, you know, Wednesdays are the day after patch days or update days. And we expect those calls as technicians, but you know, the updates keep, sometimes I say jobs rolling. Well, the problem is, is that windows lately and office 365 updates don't seem to have a rhyme or reason to them. I can tell you twice now I've gone away from my desk and come back and seen windows updating on my computer restarting. And I did not schedule it for this time and I have it scheduled on my computer correctly. So it's like, it just randomly decides to do it. And I'm so irritated that I constantly save my work just in case. Now it's like, I'm on the fear of, Oh my God, I don't want to lose a big document and it just sucks. And office 365 Office 365 updates are really getting annoying with me because um, I had one. I didn't even know it. 
it must have happened at night, but it didn't reboot my computer. And I came back and all of my recent files in my, when you go to open one, were all back from a year ago. And I'm like, what is going on? I don't get it. I had everything pinned, everything perfect, all my projects I was working on. And I come back and I'm seeing old stuff from last year. And I didn't get a, an update notification. I didn't click on an update. I don't have it set for automatic. So with this kind of stuff happening, all I can say is that, you know, for that's the great billable work for us is that it's not in our control, but it happens. So the things you want to, you know, just keep in mind are when you get calls from clients is to ask them, do you recall an update and try to do as much a investigation as you can before you do the job? Or did you have a Windows update or did it restart and things like that? Things that'll help you troubleshoot a little better, even though it's still sometimes challenging. As an update can crash Outlook uh, and it won't open at all. And so anyway, um, the other thing I've noticed is Outlook 2016 is doing much better. You know, I've mentioned before I have that uh, blog out there. Outlook cannot log on. And... In 2015 and 16, that blog was getting like 1,200 hits a day average. I mean, it was pretty intense. Um, and now it's down to 300, I think. That's what my blog stats are showing me. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, 1,200 a month. I'm sorry about that. So now it's down to 300 a month. So I have to say is that I gave that away as a free blog for people to get the information. But I'm happy that, it, that at least it's getting more stable because um, I hate, you know, when something gets released and it doesn't work and you have to downgrade people to fix it. But that's the case with 2016. It's still very unreliable to me. And I still have to downgrade people. And they don't always get that error outlook cannot log on. Sometimes it's just sticky and buggy for other reasons. But um, in the Mac 2016, that's actually doing a little bit better, but I'm still seeing some flakiness with it. Um, there's still a lot of things with exchange you cannot do in 2016 on the Mac. So I try to warn people that do a lot of sharing with other people with categories and things like that, that it, uh, <laughs> there, there's no guarantee. It's a bandaid software pretty much. Cause you know, the Mac wasn't meant to have Microsoft products, you know, totally work hundred percent. So there is some limitations and I do try to tell my clients that. On uh, the past, I don't know, six months or so, I've also seen Gmail have some really hardcore problems with its security with Outlook. Now, I'm not saying hardcore that they can't get it to work, but they've got the, all the different authentication levels now. And the number one is, of course, the two-step authentication, which everybody has for the most part, and it's great, right? Well, now they've... Um, I don't remember the first time I got this job, actually, but they've got the apps password now, which is kind of like I've seen that on some other accounts like Yahoo, I think, has it now. So basically, you have your Google password, you got your two-step on that allows something through, right, or whatever, uh, to reset your, or the login security, whatever. But the apps password now is a special code that you have to use for that device, and I've only had, I think, a couple clients have it be successful. Um, it's not, I would not say a guarantee because um, basically what happens when you try to set up a Gmail account in Outlook, you know, it'll it'll successfully like green check, but then it'll prompt on the very end and say password or the, excuse me, the name, email, and the password box comes up. 
and you're like, okay, I have the password. What's going on? So I put in the little, um, I go make sure that the secure apps are turned on and it still won't get through that. Then you have to go look at the managed apps in the account. You have to go assign one to a device. And then that little code is what you put in Outlook. And you know what? It's like a close one hour job for these things now, unfortunately. And that's what I hate to tell clients is, you know, your security is so tight that you can't get it to work. And one client, we actually had just to backtrack that app's password and take that off because they were so frustrated. And I was like, look, we are following the instructions, right? And they were like, yeah, and I said, and it's not working. So just take off the app's password. Just go back to the two-step and you should be okay. Um, you know, that's just like a third level of security or whatever it is. But that is something I'm keeping in mind when I start booking appointments for this is this might be an hour plus job. And I'm just giving you the heads up. It's your choice. <laughs> and I have been telling people some free answers because it's frustrating I don't like uh, telling people for a password issue, it's 149 bucks. All right. And finally, I have one last client job here. Um, you know, what's kind of cute when you do remote support is the, the people are so excited to talk to you because they've done so many things or whatever. And they're, they're kind of like proud, you know, like when I do something, they're like, oh, I did that already. And I'll do another thing. And they're like, oh, I did that too. And they're kind of shadowing but the whole time they're actually talking to me, like what they did during that fix also. And it, it can get confusing trying to work and listen to the client. But I wanted to mention just how cute he was because he was so proud that he did everything I did. And <laughs> at the very end, I showed him just like one little trick he didn't know about. And I was like, that's your problem. And he was like, oh, I didn't know that. Basically what the issue was in Outlook 2007, <laughs> you know, he, he's not going to upgrade for anything. And uh, when you create the, um, when you set up a IMAP account, it still does the PST file in Outlook, but it still requires a default PST and you can, you can't uh, get rid of that. So basically he had two inboxes and that bothered him. And, um, I had to laugh because it was till the very end when I said, I can't remove that. And he was like, that's all I wanted to know. I was like, Oh, you're so sweet. But you know, the thing is, is that when you do remote support with people and they're all like, they want to talk, you know? And so I've learned if I need to focus on a problem, I'll actually ask the client to, um, I'll say like, look, I need a few minutes so I can focus on this. Let me call you back or I'll put you on hold. And that's how I kind of, um, you know, nicely say, I can't talk to you and troubleshoot at the same time, which I'm pretty good at doing, but sometimes you do have to just say, I can't do this right now. Cause this is kind of a, in-depth repair. And uh, with him, it was funny. I just, I didn't for some reason, but till the, till the very end, I had to laugh. I was like, man, that, that is, it was kind of like, oh, I feel bad. It was an hour just to finally get to that one question, but that's how it goes sometimes. That's how it rolls. Okay. So now I'm going to talk about some things in 2017 that I'm a little excited about here. Um, I've had my same rates now for three years at 139, and I decided to go up a bit. Um, I did some comparison pricing with other with other techs and consultants, and I think that the 149 is a great rate now for me. And with that um, rate increase, I've added on a few of the things for the clients that I wasn't doing in the past. That I kind of felt well, if they're paying somebody for 149 an hour, they deserve a few extra bonuses. So I've added those to my operations. Um, 
I, you know, besides the fact that I ticket all my work and document it, I don't always send the clients the full notes for the job and I just keep it in my notes. And I thought maybe I'll start sending them a little template of the work I did, what windows version they had, their email size, their folder size, their outlook version, any plugins, just kind of like when you go to the doctor, they do the, you know, your weight and, and your heart check and blood pressure and all that, because then it's there for next time. Because I'm starting to see a lot of my clients come back with different versions of Outlook. And I'm like, I didn't upgrade you. And I know that they upgraded themselves and they're having problems. So it's kind of like my little insurance too. You know, like here's what was in my notes. But um, I'm going to start sending them the notes with uh, kind of a, uh, we closed the job. Any new work is now billable. Any recommendations I have for them, like to say, you know, if you want to get off iCloud, here's your here's your uh, migration cost. If you decide to, with a link to start that process, prepay ticket information, and um, and uh, ask for a testimonial and send them a receipt. So my goal is to start getting that out like immediately after the job, and I want to kind of make a pattern of that because I think that that would make make the value for my rate a little higher, a little bit better because they're going to get the information. So if they don't hire me again, they have it for their next technician. And I wish I had some notes from past technicians. <laughs> I'd like to know that, but not everybody documents the same. So that's one thing I'm doing. And then I decided that, um, I've been playing around with some pricing in the past few months. I tested a few things, I decided to have the 149 for one hour, 278 for two hours, and my 499 for four hours is still going to stay the same because that is my, you know, it's a pretty good upsell for me, for clients, and it's going to stay the same. And I'm also keeping my migration prices the same. I decided not to up those. I feel that I'm probably capped out there with um, with competing and things, and I'm actually just fine with that rate. And then, like I said, I um, changed up my processes. I'm changing my sales too um, because I do a lot of blogging in YouTubes now. I decided to start tracking every call I get, which is going to be hard to keep up with. <laughs> but I want to start tracking those kind of calls I get and, and find out if people called me back. And I might only do it for a few weeks, but th the thing is I haven't really ever been consistent with tracking the inbound requests, and I'm really interested in seeing, like, you know, how much time I spent with somebody, what I told them and if they're calling back and if not, and I, I know I got to figure it out, but, um, you know, 2016, I didn't really keep track of that kind of stuff and just, uh, just try, you know, landing more appointments on the phone, first call and things like that. And people, you know, like they'll email a request and I email back and then I don't hear from them. And I'm like, did they get my email? I don't know. Some people never, you know, well, some people, they say they didn't get your email and then, then they tell me, Oh, I hired someone else. And I'm like, so I'm just gonna start calling everybody. Then I know on the phone, they get the voicemail, but people don't check their voicemails either. Right. All right. Well, I think that might be it for this show here, gang. I'm going to have a show out here again in the next week. Uh, first week of the year, we're going to again, talk about the top outlook syncing tools. So you guys can get to know the ones I use the most and the calls I get and what kind of interview processes I have and the tools that I find the most simple with the iPhone and the Android. The key to picking the right syncing tool depends on the person's phone. <laughs> That's I've learned that the hard way. 
So anyway, if you have a story you want to share or be a guest on the show, you can contact me at lisa at callthatgirl.biz. Or if you want to hire me to help you with an Outlook job or your migration or any Outlook issues. You can also sign up for my newsletters and get some giveaways as I have them. Uh, the link should be on the page there on my website, callthatgirl.biz slash office365. This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. Thank you to our sponsor, Rep River and Podbean, for hosting. That's it, gang. See you next week.